This is the Timepieces History Podcast, brought to you by Gudrun Lorette, the expert in using modern marketing methods for the traditional heritage sector. Each bite-sized show shares the story of a place, person or object from the past in around 10 minutes. And now, here's today's show. Hello and welcome to Timepieces History Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 7, and this season we're looking at everything to do with the Romans. Today, we're looking at the Segeduna Roman Fort, which sits on the north side of the River Tyne. Please let me know how you're enjoying Season 3 by leaving a comment on the blog, on Twitter, or on your podcast player. Remember that show notes, links, and episode transcript are all available from goodgenlorette.com forward slash podcast, and no email is needed. As with our bear last week, Segeduna has been covered in my Timepieces History Project, and my Visit Northeast series. It held equal strategic importance with its sister fort across the river, although with a slightly different purpose. The Romans, as we know, saw the advantages of Northumbria and built forts, towers and more across the county. Segedunum stands at what is now Wall's End, so named, of course, because the fort guarded the east end of Hadrian's Wall. The spot was chosen because it sat at a bend of the river which allowed for a clear view in both directions of the river and its banks. The Tyne served as a frontier between the coast and Wall's End. What we see there today is how the fort would have looked in AD 200, with as much of the original stone used as possible. The site includes the commanding officer's house and headquarters, the hall where the officers received their orders, and administrative rooms including the strong room. There is also a water tank, most likely fed by a nearby stream, and a double granary used for storage. There is the cavalry barracks, a building which was probably a hospital, and the site of the old bathhouse. Segedunum, though, was actually used as a barracks for 300 years, with soldiers arriving in approximately 122 AD, sometime before the current recreation, and at the same time as the Ponsalius was being constructed, the bridge across the river, and leaving in around 400 AD. Various groups of soldiers were stationed there, with the cohort II Nerviorum being their first. They were replaced by the fourth cohort of Lingones, who were partly a cavalry cohort, 120 horseback soldiers and 480 foot soldiers. While this is the only Segedunum in Britain, there were another four across the Roman Empire, with another in Germany and three in the home of Asterix the warrior, Gaul. The meaning of the name is unclear, although it has been suggested it comes from the Celtic Sectun, dry hill, or Segedunum, strength and fortified place. The origins may also lie in the Celtic word for victorious, as it crops up throughout Europe as Sieg to mean strength and vigour, and even the German word for victory, Sieg, then strong fort seems like the best guess as the definition. After the site was abandoned, it was used for centuries as farmland. In the 1800s, when the north of England was enjoying the coal mining boom, collieries were sunk on the land. In 1814, a local historian by the name of John Hodgson describes the discovery of the bathhouse when a stage to carry a wagonway was being built. Unfortunately, people at the time were more concerned about industry than history, and the discovery was soon forgotten about. In 2014, volunteers used old maps and documents to pinpoint the exact location of the baths, 120 metres from the fort itself. Today's museum has an amazing collection of army uniforms and equipment, along with statues, busts and replica buildings, along with an eye-catching display of unit standards. The standards represented the spirit of the unit and as such were a physical as well as a spiritual symbol and were kept in a room known as the Shrine. The Shrine was located in the headquarters at the centre of Segedunum. The standards had to be kept safe during peace times as well as in warfare 
and the loss or capture of the stand had meant disgrace to the unit. As the headquarters building served as the administrative and ceremonial centre of the fort, the shrine was the most important room within it. The standards or ensigns were vital to the soldiers. While marching, they were at the front of the unit, and in battle they stayed at the rear. The standards, flags, were carried by bearers who wore uniforms with an animal skin over the top, often of wolf or bear. Standards sometimes had SPQR written on them, from an abbreviation of Senatus Populusque Romanus, the Senate and people of Rome. The standard bearers were often accompanied by horn blowers and trumpeters, and the combination of these made it easy to signal to the units. There were various types of standard, some bigger than others, but they were designed to be easily spotted by the soldiers. The eagle standard, or aquila, represented the god Jupiter and was the most important of all the symbols. It was carried by a senior officer who was known as the aquilifer. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the Time Pieces History Podcast. Don't forget to listen next time for more quick history facts.